Well, there are plenty of programs and organizations that help with interview preparation, and there is a case one could make that every person you interview with is looking for a different style or method, but there are some things you should do and some things you should not do in an interview, and today we're going to unpack this very topic with a Marine Corps veteran who serves now in human resources for a global company. Welcome to the Military Wire with Mike Schindler. This is the podcast where we interview America's most elite men and women who have served this country. We share their stories of overcoming, their proven lessons in leadership, and their journey to finding mission and purpose. So there's a great scene with Matt Damon, Robin Williams, in the movie Good Will Hunting, where Ben Affleck is sitting in on this interview for Matt Damon's character, telling the interviewers they are suspects, slouching in his chair, and being overconfident. He's dressed super goofy. He's not even dressed professionally. Um, but he's like, man, I'm in the driver's seat in this interview. And the scene works in his favor. It's an enjoyable scene, but one that certainly only plays out in the movies, I'm sure. Or, or maybe not. Our guest today is Melanie Bush, human resources business partner with Crawford & Company, a global multi-billion dollar company that protects the interests and properties of millions. Now, prior to her life in HR, she served as the ammunition's records chief, which is responsible for the accountability, serviceability, and record keeping of over $20 million of inventory, as well as she was also a combat marksmanship instructor of her unit of more than 70 Marines, resulting in 100% combat readiness for all troops under her command. She's no slouch. So in corporate, she has served and held several key positions, one including talent acquisition. So if there's any one person who can speak to what to do and what not to do in an interview, it is Melody Bush. Melody, welcome to the show. Hi, Mike. Thank you so much for having me today. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to be on this show with you. You know, uh, I'm a Navy guy. You're a Marine, so kind of the same family. Uh, one of my favorite Marines in the entire world is an uh, individual by the name of General Krulak. i, I got to believe yes. you know who Krulak is. I absolutely um, do. Yeah, I mentored under him for a while, and uh, I, I always kick myself for not being a Marine because you guys have the coolest uniforms ever. But do. Uh, yes, you, you do. It's totally amazing. But before we dive into the topic, because it's such an important topic about you know what to do, what not to do, um, share with us why you chose the Marines and how the Marines kind of prepared you for your corporate experience. Sure. So um, I would start out by saying uh, I was a senior in high school. And to be honest, I didn't have the clearest direction of where I wanted to go or what I wanted to do. Uh, I made pretty good grades and I knew I ultimately wanted to go to college. But the time to get ready for college, it came and went very quickly. And I never really prepared for it, you know, with all the different standardized tests and college applications and all of that. Uh, throughout high school, the military always hovered in the back corners of my mind, you know, and I was in high school at the time 9-11 happened. Mm. I also had two jobs while I was in high school, and I knew I'd be successful in whatever I decided to do. Uh, so one day, the Marine recruiter, he had a table set up in our cafeteria, uh, and I decided just to go have a casual chat with him. Uh, we talked about a lot of different possibilities, many of which sounded great to me. Uh, I ultimately enlisted in the Marine Corps Reserves a few weeks after I turned 17 uh, because I love the idea of being able to serve my country while also continuing to work and having financial assistance to help pay for college. 
Uh, I would say that some basic things that I learned while being in the military have become so beneficial, things that actually had nothing to do with my military occupational specialty or my job when I was in the Marines. We're taught proper customs and courtesies. We're taught respect, things like calling people sir and ma'am, giving proper greetings of the day. We're taught to be punctual, to be where we're supposed to be and to do what we say we're going to do. We learn discipline, structure, and the purpose and importance of a hierarchy. We learn how to lead ourselves. We learn how to lead others. And I think these are all things that benefit candidates when preparing for a civilian career in the public or the corporate sector. Yeah, so I, I love this answer because, you know, I mentioned that scene in Goodwill Hunting, you know, Ben Affleck's character, and I don't know if you've ever seen that movie or not, but, you know, he's, he's wearing pants that don't fit. He's not even addressing the, you know, the interviewers, you know, properly, all the things that would violate every code uh, that one could think about. Um, and, and he even gets the interviewers to pay him cash. And, and I mean, it's a funny scene. And I'm sure uh, I've seen many interviewees wish would pay, you know, would kind of play out that way. But you participated in a number of interviews. Um, and I know you, you mentioned some great qualities that we all have learned in the military. Are, are there things, what things have you noticed um, from those who have served compared to those who haven't served uh, in their interview styles? Are, are there some comparable differences or some noticeable differences? Absolutely. Uh, and I would say, first and foremost, I would never recommend you do anything that you saw Ben Affleck do in that scene. <laughs> <laughs> that is not a prime example of what you would want to do in an interview. Uh, but I would say that uh, military interviews, interviewees in general, they come across very confident. Uh, they're not typically arrogant, but they do have a confidence about them that shows that they aren't afraid to put themselves out there, to talk about themselves and what they've done, and to do their best. They also exhibit many of the things I mentioned earlier. They're always polite. They greet everyone. They, you know, have solid handshakes. They say good morning, yes, sir, yes, ma'am. Um, those kind of things that are kind of ingrained in us. Um, some candidates who are not prior military, they don't always possess these traits. Some of them do, but many of them don't always have a background where dignity and respect and confidence have been reaffirmed in them daily. So, Melanie, let, let's. So, are these things that you would advise somebody should do? Because we've heard some, uh, you know, some things on the backside where some, you know. It, People that interview say, you know, some of the, you know, HR individuals will say, man, they always say yes, sir, no, sir. Um, would you say that they have to have situational awareness when to use that, or is that something that should always be done? Uh, absolutely. I think situational awareness is key. Uh, I don't think that it hurts to at least come into the interview that way. Um, and as long as you're, you're reading the room and you're learning your audience, you'll know when it's appropriate to keep driving at home or if you can back off a little bit. But I do always encourage um, at least, you know, proper customs and courtesies when it comes to speaking to someone, especially someone you don't know and someone who holds a key position in a company that you're trying to get into. Yeah, that's good advice. I like that. So what are some hard don'ts in an interview? I mean, obviously, the whole scene in Goodwill Hunting <laughs> right. is a hard don't. But what other things have you seen that you're like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe they didn't get the memo on this? What What are some of those things? Well, you know, what I would say, um, some of my hard don'ts actually start a little bit before the interview process. Uh, you have to be able to get to the interview first. Right. Uh, and in my experience, I've reviewed a ton of resumes. 
Uh, I know that we as veterans, we get training on how to make our military experience kind of translate into civilian roles. And trust me, I do strongly encourage that um, pe people take up that opportunity to help do that. But I would caution against them trying to civilianize their resume so much that when asked questions about their experience, it really has nothing to do with the title they've given themselves on their resume. I would say to be honest about the duties and the jobs that you've held and use the interview as a chance to describe how those skills will translate. Uh, I'd say when it comes to both the resume and the interview process, I would say don't overuse acronyms or military jargon that a civilian employer wouldn't understand. Um, in the military, it's easy to kind of throw around acronyms all loosely, you know, MOS and OIC and staff and COIC and those kind of things. But you want to make sure you always spell out those acronyms or use phrases that translate into the civilian lingo of what you're actually trying to explain. Um, I would say when it comes to the actual interview, don't be late. Uh, fortunately, being on time or being early is something that is ingrained in our minds from day one yeah. of being in the military. But showing reliability and that you respect the time of the company and the people you want to work for, I think that's paramount. Has there been any one situation that you can think of where it was, and maybe not, because I, I think it's so hard to even get to an interview sometimes, right? I think I saw a stat that, you know, a lot of jobs have anywhere from 100 to 130 applications. So just getting, you know, rising to the top to even get notice, number one, number two, even get the interview, I've got to believe those people have already figured out some of these don'ts, but are there some don'ts that you see maybe consistently happening that you're like, I wonder if this is a phase or uh, uh, anything along that line that you're like, okay, this is just a don't. Just don't do this one thing. So I would say uh, a consistent don't that I do see is kind of what I mentioned about um, trying to civilianize your resume so much that it really it. doesn't make sense or that it doesn't translate correctly. Uh, I think that we, being in the military, we, we handle a lot of duties and roles that do loosely translate into things or titles such as operations or logistics or administration. They do land, loosely translate into those kind of roles, but when you take a civilian title and say that's what I was doing in the military, it's not always accurate. So I would I would encourage people to... Um, accurately describe their role on their resume so it really makes sense to the person who's reading it. Yeah, maybe you could draw, we could draw some similarities, but not a, a total comparison. Is that what I'm hearing you right, say? Right, exactly. Yes, yeah, exactly. Got it. Got it. Okay, so what do you wish veteran job seekers would spend more time doing when it comes to the interview? Is there any one thing that you're like, ah, just here's the one thing you should do when it comes to the interview? Yes, yes, definitely. I would say make sure that you learn about the company you're you're applying to. Um, take a deep dive into their website. Take a tour of some of their social media accounts. Look into employee reviews. Connect with some of the current employees on LinkedIn. Show that you're ready and willing to become invested in what that company's mission and purpose is. I would also say make sure you truly understand the expectations of the job and understand what each duty and responsibility means. Like I mentioned earlier when I talked about resumes, don't make blanket statements like I'm an operations manager or I'm a logistics manager. Learn what it actually means to be the operations manager of a call center or an operations manager of a finance department or a logistics manager of a transportation company. 
Um, while military veterans typically have plenty of applicable skills that make us capable of learning these type of jobs, these roles are most often not identical to a bill that we've previously held in the military. So you just have to make sure you understand what it means at the company you're applying to. Yeah, I think that's so good. We do something called the rule of five, which is, you know, the five areas that I can add value to this specific job um, and communicating that, but then evaluating maybe the five reasons why I'm not a good fit so that I have true situational awareness and, you know, that I have self-awareness that here's where I think I can add value, but here's where I might be weak. And I think what I hear you saying is be sure that you really are doing an environmental scan so you clearly understand that job. Um Yes, that is exactly that's exactly what I'm saying. Make make sure that you know you know what you've done, but you also need to know how what you've done will help the business that you're applying for and what their mission is and that you understand what's really expected of you when you read that job that job or the posting for the job, that you understand yeah. what they need from you. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Okay, so the one differentiator you see in veterans who succeed magnificently in your company, what is it? I would say they we exude a lot of confidence. Uh, we're not without being overbearing or condescending or anything like that. Um, we just are confident people in general. Uh, we have we've become subject matter experts in our fields. Um, our the veterans that we have here at Crawford they have become the employees that people go to for assistance, guidance, advice, um, things like that. They're just go to key people. Uh, most of them have become leaders of people in our business. They've also become leaders of certain processes that we have. Um, and overall, they're just great examples of how to transition successfully. Well, and let's speak about Crawford. You guys are a global company. I mean, massive in size. I've got to believe you're always looking for the right talent. Um, so talk to us a little bit about uh, what you do, who you're looking for, and why veterans should apply. So, um, at first, I would love to say that our company is, they're always growing. We're always hiring. Um, Crawford itself, we are a third-party insurance claims company, so we do partner with a ton of major insurance carriers that you've heard of, like State Farm USAA, for example. Um, And our mission is to restore and enhance lives, businesses, and communities. Um, We have a variety of positions open with us right now, including roles in our finance department, IT, insurance claims adjusting. We have a lot of call center operations and those kind of things. So if all of that sounds like a purpose you'd like to be a part of, you can visit us at our website. We're at www.croco.com. That's C-R-A-W-C-O.com. You can learn all about our history there, all of our different business divisions, And you can also head to the careers page to check out all of our current openings. Um, You can definitely link to our social media pages on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, just to name a few through our website as well. Uh, See, I love that. And i got to share that uh, when I was early stage, uh, just kind of breaking into corporate, I worked for a major disaster restoration uh, firm uh, working on business continuity. And that's how I always framed it is I would go into these major businesses that were insured by major companies, obviously, and I felt not only was I helping solve a problem, uh, but I was kind of a counselor in some ways because people are kind of panicked and freaked out. And, and, and I mean, you have teams of people that do that on a daily basis. Um, yes, yes. Um, we have many, many employees who are seeing people at the worst point in their life. They've They've gone into someone's home after a catastrophe or after a storm or after just a, a major loss. 
Um, so our our employees take pride in kind of being someone that can help them restore, get them back to where they were before the tragedy happened, um, and that's a lot of what our business is built on. Man, I love that. So, Melanie, give uh, give our listeners the, the website again and how they can reach out and start to do some research on you guys. Yes, definitely. So our website is www.croco.com. That's C-R-A-W-C-O.com. Wonderful. Melanie, thanks for being on the show. For those who are interested in discovering your post-service identity, prepare, plan, and execute on your best year ever after transition, you can visit us at OperationMilitaryFamily.com or DM me on LinkedIn. Melanie, thanks again for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Have a great day.